You're now listening to Your Real Money Stories podcast. When they asked me, I was just so excited. I was in my 20s. It's like, you know, your best friends are getting married. You want to be a bridesmaid. It's so flattering. But obviously, I, you know, didn't take into consideration um, the costs and the responsibilities of being a bridesmaid. Hi guys, I'm Ashley. I'm Eve. And I'm Nick. And we are the Money Medics. And we're your hosts of Your Real Money Stories. An original podcast series brought to you in association with Zopa. The podcast where we'll be giving you the unfiltered truth about money through anonymous confessions and unfiltered opinions. As well as providing useful information and resources for each topic we discuss. And we have to say, this isn't financial advice. These are just our views. Guys, wedding season is officially here. Yeah. I've been seeing different snaps on Instagram going viral. Uh, I think I saw a wedding in Greece that went viral. So is any right that we do an episode on how to best prepare yourself if you've been asked to be a bridesmaid or groomsman? I've been seeing some um, interesting stats, you know, that some wedding guests are actually dreading this wedding season because it's about to be a wedding boom. The biggest wedding boom since 1984. Oh, no. So all the backdated weddings and everything that happening in 2021. This is going to be quite a, a juicy episode. So we're bringing on some of our own uh, wedding party to kind of spill the tea on if we practice what we preach. So stay tuned. There was an article a few years ago um, that mentioned there was a wedding couple that asked their guests to pay £40 per person to eat at their wedding. So <laughs> this makes us like pause and ask ourselves, how much do you actually need in, or how much does it actually cost to be a participant in the wedding these days. So as per usual, three sections of the podcast, we'll hear a personal story from our anonymous guest, uh, we'll discuss an opinion of our own, and then we have some really good resources and tips towards the end. So today we have, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't get your anonymous name. What name would you like to call yourself? Um, Stephanie. <laughs> okay, so today we have Stephanie um, joining us, and as you just heard, she made that name up herself, so that is not her real name. So thank you so much for joining us. How's your day been in general, by the way? It's not been bad. Um, I'm actually recovering from a Hindu um, that I... Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. again? <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, clearly I can't drink at this age anymore it's uh it's really <laughs> oh wow. i'm still suffering there's something about you that everyone wants you at their weddings life at the party <laughs> exactly we had a previous conversation and you've been a bridesmaid so many times yes um and there was a particular year that everyone wanted you to be at their wedding so let's talk about that year in particular yes <laughs> so give me a little background yeah what year was that so this was back in um 2012 um so i had um just been in i moved to london the summer before so i was still relatively fresh i was still starting to like you know begin my career in the big smoke um whereas all of my um girlfriends so i'm originally from cambridge so all of my girlfriends were perhaps doing the opposite and they were all sort of you know getting married um and setting down which is super exciting um and yes obviously they i i've got the lovely invitation to be bridesmaid four times um in that one year um i was actually a bridesmaid on a friday and a saturday um in july wow back to back yeah (laughs) so that was pretty um 
That was probably the most hardcore and probably the most difficult. So you're a very, very popular wanted woman at, at everyone's when I, I need to know why. But um, so tell me a bit more about your financial situation at the time. So I can only imagine how much things cost, but we'll get to that. But what were your finances like? So you just moved to Cam- um, just moved to London from Cambridge. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind telling us, how much were you earning around that time frame? So at that time I um, was on 23,000. So that was my base salary. Um, I was in a recruitment role with um, the prospects of, you know, earning, you know, they, they sell you the dream that you'll get all this commission. Um, but obviously I joined kind of like the tail end of a financial crisis. It was a very sort of client driven market. It was just, yeah. The, the numbers that they sold to me, that they just, they never came to fruition. You know, previously when I was in Cambridge, I. I'd been in recruitment for um, just over 10 years um, and I'd, you know, I'd seen the kind of good side of recruitment and where you can earn some really good commission. Um, And I think the thing is being quite young and um, obviously not having exposure to money medics at the time, I was... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) I was so stupid with my money and I 100% lived beyond my means. Um... And I, you know, I moved down to London with just over £6,000 worth of debt. What were the things that made you go into debt prior to when you moved to London? I suppose it was because I was so familiar with a particular lifestyle and I was trying to, I was trying to compete with my colleagues um, who were obviously earning a lot more. They were more established recruiters at the time. Before moving to London, I was probably taking home about forty, forty-five thousand 45000 a year and I was living at home with my parents. Wow. Yeah, so... I think at that age in your sort of early 20s, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. You don't really know necessarily what to do. So I was very reckless and I kind of wanted to live this particular lifestyle. I, I've got a very uh, expensive habit. I, I enjoy shopping a lot. Um, I bought my very first Chanel handbag during that period. Wow. Okay. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else is a girl to do? You know, you, you didn't know about stocks and shares at that time. That was my investment, Chanel. Um, <laughs> so, yes. And then obviously when the, the financial crisis hit, things, I wasn't earning that type of um, commission anymore, but I was still kind of living that lavish lifestyle. I was very much feeling that. Um, I had that mindset of, you know, when you think you become and if you dress in a certain way, you almost kind of emulate that role. So, mm. you know, I thought that by buying suits from Reese and all this just absolute madness would equate to, you know, <laughs> me bringing in my thousands. But instead it, it manifested uh, debt, which, yeah, it's definitely not worth that. So, like, what were your genuine expenses around that time, around 2012? When I moved to London, my expenses were predominantly my rent. So I was living in a five bedroom house share um, in Northwest London. Um, To be fair, you know, looking back, I was like, wow, it's a decent price for the room. Um, It was £450 a month for the room. It didn't have an ensuite, but it was a decent size. And then um, obviously it was paying off my my 6,000 debt. And then um, I also had a car that I was, paying like car insurance and you know uh petrol etc and then um travel costs to the office and the tubes and stuff and then obviously the lifestyle that if we're honest is kind of one of the reasons when you're in your early 20s you come down to london i can't really think of exact number it was definitely beyond what i was probably getting paid for my uh my twenty-three thousand salary wow 
Wow. I mean, just based on what you're saying, you had your basic expenses that were pretty standard for someone that you, you know, considering the situation. But it's more so based on the money that you were earning before, trying to maintain that lifestyle. Now that things have changed, that's where the problem set in. Yeah. So, even though that's what things were like at the time, you were still invited to these weddings that I can only imagine costs anyway let's 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 go straight into it let's move straight into the wedding so you said you were bridesmaid four times that year yes okay let's talk about the first one actually so tell me more about the the when was that let's let's go through the the costs and 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 you know what happened let's let's just go straight into it so the first wedding was um in may of 2012 um and to be fair my my friend at the time and i mean yeah they in essence, all sort of four friends got engaged within three months of each other. Mm, like a competition. Yeah, exactly. When they asked me, um, and I think that was probably like October, maybe 2011 when they asked me, um, I was just so excited. I was in my 20s. It's like, you know, your best friends are getting married. And you kind of like, I suppose at that age, you just think it's like the element of, you know, 27 dresses or sex in the city. It's like, you want to be a bridesmaid because you just think it's like super glamorous. And you think, oh, they clearly value me as like an amazing friend. And it's so flattering. Um, But obviously I, you know, didn't take into consideration um, the costs and the responsibilities of being a bridesmaid um I guess I was quite naive and just assumed you know everything would be paid for by the bride and the groom I would just kind of turn up you know have a good time and that would be it that would be that would be nice <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's not what happens <laughs> the first wedding of 2020 2012 what what month was that in so that was in May um so my my friend kindly she um she bought us our, all of our dresses so the only thing that we had to buy with some you know wedding shoes and I must admit they were yeah it was very nice of her um they were very traditional sort of you know strapless sort of prom like dresses um but the shoes again very traditional that sort of cream satin like you just would never wear those types of shoes again um (laughs) and but yeah so that was I mean that wasn't so bad and I think that kind of I, I suppose her method kind of fitted in with my expectations of being a bridesmaid okay so you pay for shoes how much did you say the shoes were i think they're about 35 or 40 okay so shoes um bride, bride paid for the dress which was really nice of her yes um what about anything else like bridal party shower hindu things like that yes so um we actually went to the Cotswolds and we'd like hired a house um it was a really sweet weekend we had like a spa and um you know a night out I think in total it cost about 200 because we were there for two nights and then that's probably factory in like the night out um accommodation food um transport that type of thing so what else did it come, come up like hair makeup things like that so I actually did all of the girls' makeup. Oh, so nice. Not that I, I'm not sure I'm actually any good at it, but you know, she she asked. I was about to ask, are you a makeup artist or? No, not at all. 
I just probably had a lot of makeup, so it made sense. Um, but, and it was local to where my, my parents lived at the time, so I didn't need to worry about like accommodation. Um, but uh, my friends and I put in 50 pounds together. Um, so like the other bridesmaids, we put 50 pounds in to, to buy the bride and groom a gift. Oh, that's nice. So about 35, 40 ish for the shoes, 200 for the head night, 50 pounds for the wedding, um, for the wedding gift. With regards to the Cotswolds, so did you organise that as a group or was that the bride's idea and you guys just had to go with it? What, how was that set up? So there was five of us in total as bridesmaids for her. So we organised it as a group. Um, it was a complete surprise for her. So she had no idea. Um, her only stipulation was that she, you know, she didn't want anything too lavish. She didn't want to go abroad because of costs mm. and stuff. Um, and like one of our friends was heavily pregnant at the time. So she just wanted to ensure that it was somewhere that our friend could also uh, participate in. And, you know, she could just drive up for the day. Um, so that was like, I, I felt that was like super sweet of her. She was very inclusive, ensuring that, you know, accommodating to everyone's sort of needs. Um, and we all sort of took um, from the five of us, we kind of delegated in terms of like, specific tasks like it could be like one of the girls organized games um i got tasked with organizing the night out um so in that sense we were able to kind of control the costs a little bit better i know you said she didn't want anything too lavish but and she didn't want to go abroad for the for the um cost sake but 200 pounds for two nights i mean yeah you can, <laughs> in the uk you can actually go abroad i know i know you can I know. go abroad for that price yeah that is actually a kind of a little bit on the expensive side when was the next one where you were bridesmaid was that like shortly after so i had a gap um and it was two weddings um in july now i'm going to refrain from saying the specific dates um because it's very obvious and it's an ongoing joke in that particular group of friends the first one um that happened to fall on the friday um she was perhaps the complete opposite to the the may wedding um and i if i'm completely honest with you i'm not entirely sure why she asked me to be a bridesmaid were you not close no not at all um the we i mean we were we were, we were colleagues we got on really well at work um but we were not i i I was so kind of flabbergasted that she asked me, but I, at the same time, I was like, oh, wow, okay, like, cool, you know. Just like, just like you said, there, there must be something about you. Yeah, I've yet to find that out, actually. Um, <laughs> but for this one, yeah, it, it was quite disorganised. Um, she'd found um, a particular dress that she wanted for us, um, and she'd sort of sent us, it was from ASOS, she sent us the link, um and just said oh can you just order it um in like how like in the sizes that you think will fit you um and i just thought oh okay i will just order it try it on send it back and she would order it for us there was oh. kind of like a real ambiguity around that so i i ordered the dress um there were specific shoes that she wanted which like the most painful shoes i've ever worn um so for the dress and the shoes it's about a hundred pounds and I kind of thought, okay, given I paid for the shoes in the, the last wedding, I, I, I didn't have an issue with that. Um, and then it was only when we were on the hen um, and the other bridesmaids were, were talking. And um, that's when I found out actually, no, when we ordered it, we were meant to keep it because we were paying for it. Um, Did some people return it? 
Well, I had returned it because I just didn't... But everybody else had kind of got the memo where they were meant to keep it. And I was like, oh, my God, I've got, like, two weeks before the wedding. And I was just like, what if they've sold out on ASOS? Like, I literally remember being in Barcelona on the hen weekend, just, like, absolutely just panicking, thinking, oh, my God, if they don't have my size, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to have to, like, go on eBay or something? So that was quite stressful but like luckily I, there was one in my size so I ordered it there and then on the Hendy to ensure that it came but yeah that was that wasn't like a pleasant experience and it was a, it, and a prime example of just like a breakdown in a communication and then like in terms of like the accommodation cost of like the Hindu was that was that expensive were, were that flight tickets expensive as well no, in the sense that we had managed to kind of get a good deal to Barcelona. Um, so we booked quite early on. She'd always kind of said that she stipulated she wanted to go abroad. Um, so we were able to get quite decent prices. And I think like we said, or we stayed an Airbnb. So I think for like flights and accommodation, it was about 170. Um, and then obviously there was a the spending money on top. Um, we, we we were away for about two nights. I think off the top of my head, it was about 150 spending money. But then because her wedding was outside of Cambridge, um, it was like towards um, like the Norfolk coast. Uh, we had to stay in a hotel, which was like 170 pounds. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, it just kind of rapidly added up. Um, and then also we had to pay for like hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Um which is like another £35. Um, And then I guess myself being quite naive, I gave £50 as a gift because I thought that's what What you're supposed to do. Um, Yeah, that's a massive like facepalm situation when I think back of it. And then correct me if I'm wrong, there was another wedding from correct. How did that compare? So that one was, (laughs) that was the kind of, opposite in the sense that uh the other bride was very frugal she was very specific that she wanted to kind of have these like hot pink strapless dresses and i'd actually found some in the h&m sale and i was able to get all of the bridesmaids so she had like four bridesmaids and i got all of our bridesmaids dresses for five pounds each so massive saving um she was like super happy that i wore the shoes from the may wedding um to her wedding she didn't care that the heels were muddy so that was a another added bonus um so she was i mean she was great she was super accommodating um however she wanted to go to ibiza for her hindu um so i also had barcelona and ibiza um so yeah that was that was probably the most expensive of the hindus because flights and accommodation were about 300 um i'd say the spending money was also about 300 Um, But because it was close to home, I didn't need to worry about accommodation after the wedding or before. We did our own makeup and hair. um, And like all the other, uh, the previous two weddings, I gave a £50 uh, gift or like a voucher of some sort. So would you say, would you say overall she was a a nicer bride in comparison to the other uh, lady? Yeah, I mean, the thing is like with Ibiza, she was very much of the mindset that, um, because a lot of, her friends um, that were attending the um, the hen were, you know, they were mums um, and she wanted to ensure that they were having like a proper break and that if they were spending that money that it was like a, you know, a good experience for them. So again, she was super um, mindful of kind of who was attending mm-hmm. the hen do. So mm-hmm. that was, that was really sweet. And I suppose like 
if you kind of weighed it up in terms of how frugal she was when it came to the actual wedding, spending 600 on a hen it isn't, it, it can't, I feel that it balances itself out quite nicely. Um, oh, wow. I say. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, uh, I don't Because <laughs> I'm just comparing it to like my, like my stag. I don't, I think they, we went to Morocco, yes. but we spent less. I didn't, anyway, I didn't, I didn't. Hmm. Are you sure, Nick? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get there. Um, but am I right? There's still one more wedding? Or? Yeah, there is. Yeah, so that is three that you've gone through now. Um, so when you were asked to be this fourth bridesmaid, were you like, oh my gosh, I've been a bridesmaid three times this year, I can't do this? Or were you just like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> How did you feel about this fourth? I think that's the issue, because I was asked more or less at the same time, like I was like yeah sure like you know okay like mm. I'll be your bridesmaid you know and it was only if I'm honest with you it was only the second one that I was really like I'd almost felt a little bit I don't oh, I don't want to sound like dramatic but the the second hen experience and with the other bridesmaids was not a good experience because as I sort of said, like, I, I was really surprised that she'd asked me. I, I didn't know the other girls. And it, it wasn't a nice environment, that Hindu. It was very clicky. It was very, like, I felt quite, um, oh, God, it sounds like being at school, but I did feel, like, left out. And, you know, I sort of expressed that, um, you know, I, I'm bridesmaid for, like, three other weddings. Like, I'm, you know, money. I don't have a huge amount of money. I can't go crazy because they wanted to buy all these they wanted to buy her like a bikini and like all of this like hen stuff for, so that she could open it when we we're at the airport. And I was like, I, I don't have the money for that. Like I've not, you know, I can't. And I think my concern is that because I had spoken up to the other bridesmaids that I was then almost kind of ostracized in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And like, um, Oh God, I don't want this to be like a pity party, but you know, like obviously at the wedding, you have like your, your tables, you've got the top table and then, and you know, um, they'd actually sat me on one of the last tables. So all the other bridesmaids were sat like tables one and two and three. And I was sat on the very last table. That is so mean. For me, it was, that wasn't a great experience. Like it really like left a bad taste. And I must admit, like even afterwards, I was just like, really kind of wary of kind of accepting that type of role but obviously for the august wedding i i'd already said yes and to be fair again this friend was a lot closer than uh the the second wedding um she was a far more like considerate and accommodating so yeah sorry they want to dampen the mood there <laughs> you've been very honest so i mean yeah thank you for sharing these things let's go through the costs first of all so what did you pay for dress shoes etc so she bought our dresses um because they were maxi dresses um and she bless her she's quite vertically challenged um is that do you mean she's really tall or really short well she's about five foot bless her so she's she's a tiny little thing so um she obviously didn't want any of her bridesmaids to look taller than her so she was like please wear like flip-flops um (laughs) which i was loving i was like yes i'm i'm living for that um and her um you know it was quite fortunate It it was almost like a wedding festival they had like this 
like massive teepee thing um and it was like it was a really super chilled vibe um again in terms of like hair and makeup um we just did it ourselves she wasn't overly fussy um i suppose that the biggest cost was we we actually went glamping um down by the um down by like sort of Durdle Door, that Dorset area, um, or maybe Bournemouth. I always get them kind of confused, that area. Um, so we, we did two nights glamping, um, which I think was about £200, but it included like, um, you know, a barbecue, uh, breakfast, dinner, um, wine tasting. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we actually jumped off some cliffs because that's what girls do. <laughs> Does not sound like me. <laughs> in the UK as well. Yeah, in the UK. Wow. Yeah. It so cold. Um, It was very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Things you do for your friends, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then um, and then it was the, the, the same, the £50 uh, towards a gift. So... I, I would say that was like quite a super chilled. It was close to my parents' house, so um, I didn't need to worry about um, accommodation. Actually, sorry, tell a lie. Um, we camped. She, because um, like I said, it was like a festival vibe. So we bought a pop up tent and yeah, we, we slept under the stars um, outside the teepee. Uh, after the wedding or prior to the wedding? Um, after the wedding. Yeah, that's really interesting. Quite romantic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as you were preparing for the August wedding, did you have to consider the costs of anything, or were you conscious that the hen night might be a big expense, or were you just completely chilled about it because of who she was to you? I mean, I was nervous because obviously by this point, a lot of stuff I had to put on my credit card because I just, uh, you know, I especially given how close like the hen dues were um and then the weddings like i there was like zero respite you know from each paycheck to kind of catch up or to budget or save or anything like that so um i if i'm being completely honest i kind of just had that 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 moment of just you know how often naively how often am i going to be a bridesmaid um mm, a lot it seems yeah there's a another three times after that so yeah sounds like you spent just around two thousand pounds um yeah I, I guess in in one summer and do you feel like um you had to make like some financial sacrifices or like sacrifice some of your goals because of that amount of money that you spent a hundred percent actually hundred percent i mean you know it, rather than my my debt going down it, it just it got bigger um and you know that's the thing it's just like that was kind of when I sort of moved to London, I thought by, you know, having this like, this great job and I was going to get all of this commission, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I genuinely thought coming with six grand's worth of debt would be quite easy to clear, like given like the numbers that my, uh, my company at the time had sort of projected that I could earn. Um, but then to then add another two grand onto it. And I, I think that's the thing. It, it gets to a very unrealistic, unmanageable um number and there is a lot of sacrifices and I think to your point um you know you do those sort of goals of you know wanting to buy a property or like even like going on holiday that type of thing I had to sacrifice um those goals and those experiences for you know for these weddings it's also just um you know like the number of days annual leave I had to take you know bef- like for the Hindus um before the weddings 
to try and keep costs down for the Barcelona hair and like I like volunteered like make some bags because they wanted to have these like personalized personalized bags for all the um, hens and I was like well no like I'll, I'll just make them because that will keep costs down and um, so I was trying to kind of be as savvy as I could but then it was almost a detriment to my own time I just want to ask an age-old question, simply because of what we've discussed. Who do you think should be paying for the bridesmaids' dresses? Do you think it should be the bride or the bridesmaids? I, I do think it's the brides. Uh, the bride should pay it. I mean, if I was in... Interesting. You know, waiting for my partner to put a ring on it, but I, I've said, I'm like, right, we will, you know... Because I think, especially if you're quite specific in terms of the style, the dress code... Um, like the colour, all of that type of thing, and especially if it's like they're quite specific or unique dresses to kind of your vision, then I think then you, you need to kind of put your hand and you need to budget that into your, your wedding, your overall wedding budget, right? Because I feel, I, I feel like it's an unfair ask. Um, I think if it was something more relaxed and um, so I'm going to be a bridesmaid for the, the eighth time next year. Wow. And... Wow. Um, <laughs> Uh, my my friend was she was super relaxed and she's like look um just just wear something you know as long as it's like a block color but just wear something that you already own like I don't care you know you've already it, there's already pictures of it on insta like I'm not fussed like it's just super low-key so in that sense I'm I'm not so bothered because she's there's zero expectation or want from her and I'm like okay cool I've got free reign um but you know if you're if you're saying, oh, I want you to wear like this sage green, like maxi strapless dress that you're never going to wear again, then I'm like, well, okay, girl, you need to put your hand in your pocket. So I guess like my question, as the world is opening up and lots of weddings, there's backlogs, what is your advice like to future bridesmaids and brides post COVID who are listening to this right now? Just to kind of be very clear in your communication. Um, and that's from both a bride and a bridesmaid's perspective. And I mean, I'm, I know that there's been something circulating around on social media about there was a bride that kind of sent that sort of one pager of like the expectations. I mean, I, I do think it's good, but maybe not as... Rigid. Yeah, exactly. It's there it was, yeah, that's a really good word. It was very rigid. But I think if anything, it should be a really inclusive and collaborative conversation. Um, and... I think sometimes I, I remember I read one line that where she said, you know, I won't be offended if you don't want to be. But that's the thing. It's that danger. You don't want to, you know, you've been asked and it, it is an absolute honour. But at the same time, it's like, are you really, are you really going to be happy that I'm saying no? Like it's, you, you don't, it's such a grey area. So I think that communication is key. And I think also if, you know, the bride and groom are, on a tighter budget then have that conversation with your bridal party and, and make sure that it's quite inclusive that they can then offer the the input so it could be a situation like it was with my my friend where i was able to go to h&m and buy five pound dresses you know you can then find those ways of um making the cost work for both parties um but yes it, it's just communication is key it's a key in, in a successful and thriving relationship and it's key in um, in a situation like uh, getting married and being part of a bridal party. Definitely, like, thank you so much, like, for sharing your story. Like, even though I know it's come from a bridesmaid perspective, it is making me think because I, maybe I'm wrong. Please don't quote me, everyone. I do think uh, guys' costs are more expensive sometimes. No. 
No, you don't think. You don't think. Okay, okay, fine, fine. That's fine. It's, it's debatable. I, 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 not, I'll, but suits are moist. No, but then what about hair and makeup? Okay, fair enough. Okay, okay, okay. That okay. already makes it so more fair, expensive. Okay, yeah. okay, fair enough. But it's just making me consider like the cost you do put on other people. So we really do appreciate um, Stephanie you sharing. And the reality is, inflation is is going up. Inflation is going up and things are more expensive, so people should just be cost sensitive. So, um, yeah, we really, really do appreciate you sharing your story with us. No worries, no, it's um, I really appreciate it. Thank you for asking me, guys. That was uh, quite an interesting yeah. episode, you know. Um, like, anyway, like I said, you, you guys didn't agree with me in terms of uh, bridesmaid versus groomsman costs, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, disagree, agree to disagree. Um, but yeah, as we said before, guys, I feel like we'll, we would sound quite hypocritical if we start saying, oh, these are the tips for you should do as a bridesmaid or groomsman, when really and truly we've been bridesmaids and we've been brides and grooms. So some of you may have known we got married uh, just before the pandemic. We did. We're very, very lucky that it was like the last wedding before the pandemic. Yeah, so we thought you know we should bring our own our bring on our own wedding guests so i've got my own best man and you've brought your bridesmaid sorry i was about to say best woman and i was like no that's not the right word i've got one of my bridesmaids he's also my sister as well um and we'll be asking them a few questions actually let's ask a few questions amongst ourselves first then we'll get opinions from them too all right so i've got a question for you actually so when we were planning our wedding, did you think about the cost to your groomsmen beforehand? And and how did you plan around that? A hundred percent. So one, I was quite specific in that I didn't want them to wear a tuxedo. I think from a utility point of view, you're not going to get that many wears if you ask, that's just my personal opinion anyway, if you ask people to wear a tux for your wedding. So I was quite specific that I wanted it to be a, a nice suit but a suit they could also wear to the office. I also try to make the um, the second outfit as cheap as possible. So just so people are wondering, why do you have a second outfit? So we had two separate weddings. We had a traditional wedding, which was like a Nigerian traditional. And then we also had an, uh, a white wedding, so like an English traditional wedding in that sense as well. So that's why he's talking about two outfits yeah, there. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. Did you have like a chat with your groomsmen beforehand? And like, okay, this is what you would expect to pay throughout the course of my wedding? Or did you just kind of just let things happen? So that, that I think that's where I think I could have been better. I, I didn't know completely what all the costs were were going to be. I didn't say, oh, guys, budget X amount. I think what happened is that I did kind of go to people individually and find out, okay, this is how much it's going to cost, in, as opposed to just putting in the group chat and leaving people feeling funny. And it was through individual conversation, I got a gauge as to whether or not this was too expensive or not. I mean, for me personally, I remember I had a chat with Ashley beforehand. She was one of my bridesmaids. And we were talking about what would we would potentially be spending as um, bridesmaids. And I, I actually had a plan initially to like do a direct debit if everyone could like pay £50 a month for a period of time and that would cover the cost of everything. I think we pla- budgeted around like £250 or something like that. Um, but then that didn't work. And if I'm being honest, I actually don't remember if I 
sat down with the whole group and told them how much everything would cost because it's, it was such a long time ago. But let's not go, let's not talk about ourselves too much. Let's, okay, introduce, okay. let's bring in the guests. <laughs> so George and Suzanne, we've got a few questions for you. Please do introduce yourself. Hey guys, um, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is George and I was the best man for uh, Nick's wedding. Suzanne? Hi everyone, I'm Susan. I am Eve's not so little sister and um, I was also a bridesmaid for her wedding. Okay, um, so this is to George. So like, um, did you ever feel you could um, talk to me quite frankly about the cost of the wedding or or whether you could afford it? Um, or like, did it work out more expensive than what you thought? Or what was your thought process at the time when when I asked you initially, did you have like a number in mind? And be honest, don't, don't be shy just because he's here. <laughs> Good question. To answer you, I didn't have a number in mind at all. Um, this is my first time being a groomsman slash best man. So um, I don't have any experience at all. Okay. Do you mind if I ask George then, what do you think is a reasonable amount to spend on the wedding as, as a groomsman? Uh, I think it depends. So I'm actually a groomsman for a wedding coming up in August. I can compare kind of what I've done in that situation, but my uniform, well, pre-COVID anyway, was suits. So the suit that we picked was something that I could wear more than once. So that cost to me was, wasn't was a sort of significant cost, if that makes sense. The traditional outfit, I understand Nigerian traditional weddings, I understand what it means, I understand that there is a type of attire to wear. So that together is probably what, about £250. Everything else in terms of uh, what I was wearing, I kind of had already. So, so just to go back, because you also mentioned that you're um, a groomsman for a wedding coming up. So how much do you plan to spend on your next wedding, if you don't mind me asking? Okay, so I think I've already spent the equivalent or more than what I would have spent at your wedding. And the usability of the things I'm spending on is not as um, optimal. Nick's wedding would be more the sort of way that I would do it personally. So Suzanne be See, super truthful. Don't worry, Susan, I won't beat you up. You can be honest. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever feel you could talk to Eve about money and, like, did it, your expectations as, as to how much you spent, was it very clear? Walk me through, like, from being asked to be a bridesmaid to how much you spent. What was that like in terms of costs, etc.? I knew that I was going to spend a little bit more than the average bridesmaids only because Eve is my sister. So I, I kind of expected it. Um, but Eve didn't really communicate, you know, probably how much her bridesmaids will probably spend. Um, I'm currently a bridesmaid uh, for another sister's wedding and she has given us the details of how much we'll probably be spend. And um, yeah, so that we have some expectation, right? Uh, so I kind of went in there and agreed blindly but i know how eve is she wouldn't want us or her bridesmaids to spend ridiculous amounts so what about um just the things that you contributed as a bridesmaid i know you did extras because you're my sister but what about like just like so what the other bridesmaids would have also paid as well so what how much did that come up to 200 depending on um if you did your makeup yourself or um you, you know if you um bought more expensive shoes than other people so for example my shoes that i bought was 12 pounds from amazon however a very similar style you can get from um asos or a competitor for 30 pounds so it just depends on where 
you know, that person purchased their item. But yeah, I spent about that much and it was really, really cheap. The only thing I stipulated was a, was a dress and the traditional wear. But I've told everyone, like, wear black shoes and the shoes that most people have at home. Did you ever feel as though you could come to me and ask me a question or, like, tell me, oh, this is too expensive, can we change this? Did you feel like I was open to communicate or, or open to listen to people's opinions and, and things like that? How do you feel about that? Um, I felt that you were open to listen to people's opinions, but I didn't want you to, in a sense that if someone was to say, no, this dress doesn't suit me, then um, we'll have to take time to find a new style. And that mm-hmm. style could be even more expensive. Would it be able to suit everyone's budget? You know, or people might be going through some financial difficulties that we may not know about but the dress that you picked was very cheap 60 pounds with with postage um i think roughly about that Mm, that's good to know so what i'm going to ask to you jord is did you ever feel there was any financial tensions in the group and i guess specifically what i want to touch on is the stag because i wasn't involved in the process of collecting money from different people and just a quite quick quick plug George's holiday helper. He helped us plan our pre-honeymoon single to not single. I keep on saying Singapore to Thailand. Yeah, and he he connected us uh, very very well. We went to South Africa. So I want, based on your personal experience, did you ever feel there's any financial tension, or did it take a bit longer to collect money from people? What was your experience there, and in, in just dealing with people who you didn't really know prior? Yeah, sure. I mean, like you said, I'm quite experienced in holiday planning, so I kind of had a sense of how to manage costs and make sure everybody would be on board. Um, I presented all the costs involved from early on and asked people if they were okay with these costs. And the group kind of resonated with that and agreed that um, that was kind of within their budget. Um, I had no issues sort of chasing up money, following up money or anything like that. Um, Nobody really came to me and told me that they prefer to do something else in London or something cheaper. So I think we had everybody on board from the beginning, mm. once we got there, we knew what we we're doing, right? We had an itinerary plan, so most activities were already prepaid. No, agreed, I agree. So, 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 Susan, what about you guys? Was there, since you were involved in the communication uh, amongst all the bridesmaids, was there any tension around costs or? Or did some people not afford uh, other things in comparison to other people? What, what was your experience like? No, there was no tension about cost at all. Um, if anything, there was tension about the style of um, the traditional <laughs> wear. Because, of course, everyone had to look the same or dress the same, right? So that was yeah. the only tension. Oh, right, cool. So I guess then my, my final question to round up. You guys can be honest, you know. Were there any costs that came up during the wedding whereby you, not, I wouldn't say expectation, but you, maybe you thought, uh, aren't they gonna cover this or anything? I, I'm, I'm, just cu- I'm just curious to hear, you know, um, just for, for future brides and, and grooms as well. Great question as well. And like I said, I've got a few to compare with now. Personally, being honest, I think you guys went above and beyond. Yes. Oh, thanks. Thank you, thank you. You are both very resourceful in terms of um, planning and making sure we all knew each other. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you, bro. What, what about you, Suzanne? Um, yeah, I thought it was very good. The only thing I would change is um, I know Nick, you paid for the boys to um, um, the hotel the day before. You didn't do that for the girls, but you did pay for 
our day after, which was actually really, really useful because mm. everyone was tired at that point. Yeah. But that's the, probably the only thing that will change. Let me ask you a question, babe. So if one of your bridesmaids came to you and said, oh, I'm going through financial difficulty and I can't afford it right now and I pay you back, I know you don't really like borrowing money from other people, etc. If you look across your bridesmaid, how do you navigate that situation? Would you tell them to, would you have told them to bow out or would you have, would we have a conversation amongst ourselves to try and cover their costs? What would you, what would you have done? If it was like one or two costs, like, oh, she can't afford the dress, for example, then yeah, I would have just paid for the dress for her. But if it was a case whereby I can't afford anything in the wedding at all, yeah. and I would have to cover the cost of everything, that would probably be too much of a strain, mm-hmm. if I'm being 100% honest. So I would have said, what do you want to do? Would you prefer to be a guest? Because in that case, you'll have a lot less costs. Well, you'll have no costs at all. Um, is it that you really do want to be a bridesmaid? And I'll see wh- what I can um, um, contribute to and we'll, you know, discuss with other bridesmaids if anyone else is able to contribute, etc. I'll be lying if I said that I could afford to just pay everything because realistically, at the time, that wouldn't have been possible. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. This was such an interesting episode, you know, and there's so many different things that really resonate with me. So, just some reflection... These are some of the things that I would advise a bridesmaid to do if she was or groomsman to do if they were about to join the bridal party. So, first of all, discuss the cost up front. So, before you say yes, just ask them, what do you expect me to contribute towards this wedding? Or what would the cost potentially come up to? Just so you have a general idea of how much everything will be. Obviously, if it's coming up in the thousands and that's something that's not feasible for you, then you may need to reconsider whether or not it's a good idea for you to be part of the bridal party. And when you do ask, just take into consideration um, miscellaneous items like travel. Where is the wedding? Is the wedding in another country? Do you have to pay for um, your own tickets? Accommodation, things like that. These are things that we don't necessarily think about upfront. but we definitely do have to think about because they can they can really 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 add up and then also talk to the to the other bridal party um, members as well because they tend to be the one that organize things like the stag do the hen night uh, the bridal shower etc sometimes the bride and groom are not involved so speak to them ask them what do they have in mind i know it might be a bit early but ask them what they have in mind how much the costs are likely to be tell them your personal budget so when they are um think you know thinking about what to do they take your budget into consideration as well and also ask if you if you're able to get involved in the in the planning process just so you can find things that stick more towards your budget and um and have them as suggestions just so that they're out there as well mostly don't feel pressure i know we've said this so many times don't feel pressure to say yes especially if it's going to put you into any financial stress if you're having to take out a credit card for this if you're going to put yourself in debt for for this wedding just reconsider whether or not it's a good idea for you to be part of it and don't feel pressured to say yes and yeah i think that's about it really what about you babe no i think the most important thing um it's just one big day so to kind of take a long-term view that you are going to be asked to be a bridesmaid or groomsman other points in your life so don't feel bad if you need to decline certain aspects of the party in order for it to fit your budget mm. the most important thing is that you're going there to remember their marriage and to yeah. be and to be there for them exactly and you can do that as a guest as well exactly but yeah guys 
that has been the season finale of uh, your Real Money Stories podcast. Um, I think the most important thing you can take away from this conversation is communicate, 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 communicate. Yeah, definitely. And regardless of if you're the bride or you're the bridesmaid or the groomsman, remember it's one night. You know, whatever your financial goals, uh, Stephanie said it, whatever your financial goals, don't let an event for uh, an event for yourself or being someone else's guest sacrifice your own goals at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, we really, really do hope you're taking a lot um, from this uh, podcast episode. We hope to do more of this, inviting friends, family um, onto the podcast. But yeah, you've now listened to the season finale of Your Real Money Stories podcast. That's my <laughs> voiceover um, voice. Yeah, thank you guys. It's been a real pleasure. Bye, Bye guys. Sign it out. You've just listened to an episode of Your Real Money Stories, an original podcast brought to you in association with Zopa. Who provide great value financial products and tools to make managing your money a lot easier. So make sure you subscribe and share with your friends who you think might have related to this episode. For more information and resources around the themes discussed in this episode, head over to zopa.com forward slash podcast. And of course, if you want to be on the next episode, make sure you slide into our DMs on Instagram at moneymedics. 